Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you all are here. We come from a heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. So one of the ways that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to the people around us and welcoming them here. Will you please say with me the words by which we light the chalice? As we light the chalice, may our souls become its hearth. We join our hearts to the one great flame of bright compassion, beloved community, and fervent justice. May our sparks become a wild fire in the world, lighting the way for all. Our opening reading is from Reverend Raymond Bond, a white Universalist minister whose first ministry started at Universalist Church of the Divine Paternity in New York City in 1957. He served 12 churches in his 53-year career and wrote poetry, meditation, along with his sermons. His book was called Sound of Silence published a year before the Simon and Garfunkel song. I like to talk with you. I like the way I feel when you're listening as if we were exploring something in ourselves. The plunge into silence and how you come up with words I try to find. The otherness about us which makes conversation possible. When I talk with you, The give turns into take, and the borrow into lend. Now and then, a phrase from you will kindle like a shooting star. The mornings in you rouse me from the sleep. I like the babble and the banter when I greet you at the door. And when the room is filled with guests, your quiet look is as if there was a secret between us of which nobody knows. We like to know in this congregation why we are doing things and what we're doing. And our mission helps to remind us, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Brene Brown is a white Texan author speaker, and researcher on shame, authenticity, and vulnerability. Her TED Talks on vulnerability has been watched over 41 million times. These are her words. Belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us, because in us, in this yearning, is so primal We often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. This is the time in our service when we enter together into an attitude of prayer and meditation. 
where we speak or listen to God as we understand God, or just listen to our inner wisdom, or watch our breath come in and out of our bodies. It is in this place of silence that we can receive clarity, that we can seek peace, and that we can root our determination into the heart of compassion. Let us enter into the silence together, understanding that in this congregation, small noises from children and the noises of life count as part of the silence. Please join me in this meta-meditation from the Buddhist tradition. Let us read it together. First, we read it for ourselves. May I be free from danger. May I be mentally happy. May I be physically happy. May I have ease of well-being. The second time, let's say it for someone we love. May you be free from danger. May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. May you have ease of well-being. The third time, we try to begin to say it for someone against whom we have a resentment. May you be free from danger. May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. May you have ease of well-being. And for the last time, we say it for all beings. May all beings be free from danger. May all beings be mentally happy. May all beings be physically happy. May all beings have ease of well-being. You are now invited to light candles of joy or sorrow, hope, remembrance, or determination. Don't need room for your best 
Hope is all that you have. So say the Lord's Prayer twice. Hold your babies tight. Surely someone will reach out a hand. Show you a safe place to land. Oh, imagine yourself in a building. Up in flames, being told to stand still. The window's wide open, the sleep is on faith. You don't know who will catch you, and maybe somebody will. The ocean is wild and low, your head, and the boat beneath you is sinking. Don't, Don't need, need room for your best. Hope is all that you have. So say the Lord's prayer twice. Hold your babies tight. Surely someone will reach out ahead and show you a safe place to land. Be the hand of a hope. Little scared, but you're strong enough. Be the light in the dark of this danger till the sun comes up. Be the hand of a hopeful stranger. A little scared, but you're strong enough. Be the light in the dark. Till the sun comes up, be the hand of a hopeful stranger, little scared, but you're strong enough. Be the light in the dark of this danger, till the sun comes up, till the sun My yard at my house is crunchy. I'm not sure the blackberry bush is going to make it. The fruit trees are, you know, their leaves are like this. And I, I water them, and they look better. But then in a couple days... Um, they look bad again. And I'm thinking, this yard is a metaphor for my spirit. <laughs> Sometimes your spirit just gets crunchy and dry. And sometimes it's caused by some kind of inner cyclical drought. And sometimes it's caused by harsh inner weather or harsh outer happenings, 
Sometimes it's just caused by neglect. So the question is, how do you get watered? How do you get refreshed or re-greened? How do you, how do you stop feeling so crunchy in your spirit? And I think that there are lots of little things that sustain us, mostly little things, in fact. And sometimes we don't realize what is sustaining us until it's gone for a while. And we think, oh my goodness, I just feel terrible. Surely it's not that I haven't had tea with my friend like we used to once a week in a couple of months. Or surely it's not because I stopped doing my little spiritual practice that I couldn't tell if it was making any difference. And surely it's not that I haven't, you know, let myself rest. There are things that water us. And one of the things that regreens us in a community is making connections with the other people, telling our stories and letting them hear our stories and then listening to their stories in return and reflecting back to them what we hear. That's powerful spiritual magic. And... It's a way of feeling that we belong in a place when we leave part of ourselves in the rooms of the place. And it's hard to do that on a Sunday morning. I understand that. You know, some people, uh, I saw on Facebook, this, I'm sure it was a joke, this lady wanted to hire somebody to walk around with her at coffee hour and talk for her. It's just easier for some people than other people to make connections on a Sunday morning. And so this congregation does different things to help with a sense of belonging here. And I'm very interested in your having a sense of belonging here. That's one of my main interests this year. I'm studying belonging. And one of the people that you study when you're studying belonging is Brene Brown. She's a Texan, a sociologist, a researcher into courage and authenticity and shame. And she says that we are more sorted than we've ever been in the history of the U.S. now. We've built ideological bunkers. And we're more likely now to live with, worship with, and go to school with people who are politically and ideologically like-minded And while logic may suggest that this sorting results in more people feeling a sense of belonging, that's not how it works. She warns that these connections are counterfeit, that there's a difference between fitting in and belonging. And so when we're fitting in, we're gauging the situation and acclimating to the situation we're in. We figure out um, what do people wear here? How do people talk here? What are the songs I need to know? What are the lyrics I need to memorize? High school is a big place for um, trying to learn to fit in. And, And yet Brene Brown says people have the courage to stand up for their authentic selves. People have the courage to make mistakes. People have the courage to maybe say something stupid or get something wrong. Are people who are more likely to be able to have a sense of belonging. Once you find the people it's okay to be authentic with. Our sense of belonging, she says, can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And I think that's true. 
And I just, being a contrarian, um, as a Unitarian Universalist, I suffer from oppositional defiant disorder. Um, so I want to say, uh, you are not tr- aiming for having a sense of belonging everywhere. Because there's some places that we just don't belong. Know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> when I was in the junior league in a small southern town... I always use that one in the two truths and a lie game because people can't believe it, but it's true. Anyway, very nice women, very nice people, giving a lot of volunteer hours to the community. I just didn't belong in that group. I didn't. And um, I really gave it a good shot. And I had this group of older friends. They were, you know, maybe 10, 15 years older than I am. And so they, they said, we had lunch every Monday, which is one of the things that sustains me because we still do it. It's been 30 years. But they, uh, they said, Meg, one of these days we're going to die and you're going to be by yourself and you need some friends your age. So we've put your name up for the Junior League. <laughs> and I really tried. God knows. But I did not have a sense of belonging there. And that's okay. And so why am I talking about belonging and self-acceptance? Because there's so much violence and cruelty and injustice. And there's so much corruption that we're trying to fight. And shouldn't we be focusing on that? I'll tell you why I'm talking about belonging. Because if you feel a sense of being seen and being heard and being accepted. If you feel a sense of belonging, it gives you power, makes you powerful. To belong to something larger than yourself. To be seen, to be heard, to have your stories listened to. It's powerful. To have a group of people, it's okay to make mistakes in front of. People who will reflect to you what you're saying to them. That opens us up and activates us. And when we don't feel safe, when we don't feel we're belonging, we tend to shut down. And that only helps the injustice remain. And so one of the ways of practicing belonging in this congregation is to join one of the small groups in the congregation. One of them is the choir. If you join the choir, you'll feel like you're in a small group. But other small groups are called chalice circles And there's another one called Wellspring. And if you join one of these small groups, then you get to know a certain number of people in a deeper way than you can get to know them on a Sunday morning. And so I want to tell you a little bit about Chalice Circles. You get together with between 4 and 12 other people. You probably won't like this. I mean, if you're oppositional defiant, you probably won't want to join one. But... I want to tell you about them. Um, four to 12 people, and you talk about deeper things. Because whenever, uh, whenever we get together with a group of people and we just go, what shall we talk about? I don't know. It always ends up being politics. Because politics is easy to talk about. We've all got a lot of energy. It feels good to be with like-minded people, etc. cetera. Um, and there's a lot going on. But... These lessons have a structure, and these lessons have a topic. 
So you're, con- you're in a container where you can speak and listen, but it's about this topic, a certain topic. You get to, you get to answer questions like, what's an example of, of grace in your life? When have you experienced a heartfelt truth, and what difference did that make for you? How did it change your life? What about your daily work do you find nourishing? What is the meaning of life? Why do we need religion? Is there evil? How do we know what we know? How can we face death? Why do we suffer? What does it mean to be human? And the lessons have a a structure for the purpose of sustainability and fairness. Structure means that people like like me, who are uh, dominant talkers, don't get to take up all the space. Because there's a facilitator who's been trained by me to gently... I know, I see the irony. To gently remind dominant talkers that... There are other people in the group. And to gently hold open the space, which sometimes is just silence, so that people who are um, shyer can get their thoughts together and participate in the discussion. Because, you know, extroverts talk uh, in order to see what they think. They don't put their thoughts together ahead of time. They just hear what's coming out of their mouth and they go, oh, I didn't know I thought that. Yeah, I kind of do. And they always have to say to their introverted partners, I'm just thinking out loud here because their introverted partners are like, oh my gosh, how long have you been thinking about this? I I never knew. It's like, I've been thinking about it for half a second. (laughs) But an introverted person likes to have their thoughts together before they say something that comes out of their mouth. And so sometimes if a discussion is free-flowing, Um, and there's no space held, then they get their thoughts together. By the time they want to jump in, the discussion's already on to something else. So the facilitator is there to hold space for everybody. Does that make sense? And so everybody gets to participate. And here's how um, how it goes. So there's an opening reading. You light the chalice. Everybody checks in, three or four words. You don't go for a 45-minute check-in. Three or four words, you check in. And then um, in my village, this is how we used to do it, a bowl is passed around that has little strips of readings in it. It's called a common bowl. And you pick out some readings, and everybody reads them. And then it's about the topic. And then uh, there are three questions. And people pick one of the questions to talk about. And during your talking time, mindful of the other people in the room, nobody's going to cross-talk you. Nobody's going to say, but, oh, or, oh my gosh, that reminds me so much of the time I broke my arm and, you know, no. They're going to listen to you. And when you're done, they say, thank you. And somebody else talks. It's very refreshing, and you'd be surprised how seldom it happens in the world. Then... um, There's a time of silence, and after that is discussion time where you could say, you know, I have a question about what you said, or what you said reminded me of something. And the topics of the lessons can be like forgiveness, or failure, or hope, or patriotism, or views of God. Our lessons are going to be following our soul matters 
topics. So you'll see the Soul Matters uh, content coming up over and over again. This month's theme is Emergence. So we talked about last Sunday, I talked about coming out, which is an emergence. Each group has a covenant of how they want to be together, and each group does some service to the congregation. They might help with the uh, services auction, or they might clean up after a church event, or they might organize the library, hint, hint, or they might do some other kind of thing. And the facilitator is like the guardian of the space, the guardian uh, of the conversation. The facilitator is the one who's trained to to manage um, the participation of of folks, as I said before, and to keep people on topic and to keep people focused and to keep the conversation a little bit kind of in middle depth. So it's not like a shallow conversation, but it's also not like a group therapy session. So it's kind of in middle depth, and you're trained to do that. So if you feel an urge to uh, apply to be trained as a facilitator, please um, check that little box on the Chalice Circle forms, which will be given out after the, the service in the foyer, or if you're a person of breeding, foyer. <laughs> And when the discussion is done, it's checkout time. And my favorite checkout is, how do you want us to hold you in mind this month? Because sometimes you've gotten a definition from your family, like, you're the pretty one, you're the smart one, you're the athletic one, you're the um, messed up one. And sometimes you just want to be seen in a different way. And so you can say to your group, would you hold me in mind as an organized person, please? Or would you hold me in mind as athletic, please? Or would you hold me in mind as a free heart? Or would you hold me in mind as a loving person or an uncritical person or whatever? You're wanting to move toward it helps when other people are helping you by seeing you in the new way you want to be seen. And in order not to form cliques, the group always has an empty chair, acknowledging that There are other people who will be in the group later. Um, Our groups last for a year, and then they disperse and reform. So you're going to get to know some people really well in this year, and then you won't have to spend forever with them, (laughs) which makes it easier to be open-hearted sometimes when you just go, three more months. So it's a way of having a safe place to land, as in the song that they sang. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of gathering together in order to enrich your life, in order to deepen. If you, if you feel like you're on the floor all alone, maybe one of the ways to get a helping hand up is to join a small group. There's also a meditation group if you're not um, into talking within a structured topic. Monday night meditation is a good... Just read your inside of your bulletin and you'll find out all the things that are going on. And I hear they go out for beer afterwards. <laughs> Sharing your authentic 
itself builds the kind of community we want to build here, and it helps with a sense of belonging. Serving the church, telling your stories, giving of your time, treasure, and talent, knowing and understanding others on the way to loving them, and letting yourself be known and understood on the way to being loved. That's what we're all about. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Sing with me if you care to. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight. And I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.